welcome to the Paydia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. And once again, it's always Friday. It's always Friday somewhere. Groundhog. Well, I guess you can't say it's. You can say it's five o'clock somewhere, but you can't say it's. Right. It's one. It's, can't say it's Friday. It's somewhere. Friday somewhere. No, but it is Friday here. It is Friday here. And, and it's early in the morning. This is the last. This is no, a, two more Fridays. Yeah, there's for school. Right. Well, no, depending, it's there's one more Friday because um, school gets out on the on Thursday, June ninth, right. here in Polk County. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's a little bit of time left. But we are counting um, down. Yeah, it's okay. it's not a not much time left. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's good because you know the, the, with the summer, I, I was just talking with a, a family yesterday that you know the summer is a great time to to make some changes to get things where you want them to be. And uh, so I think the summer is something to look forward to. Right. Something something happened here. We did a podcast last week called uh, What Did You Do This Summer? Yeah, and, and What we You were, Did This Summer. What You Did This Summer. We were talking to parents about things you can do during the summer to um, make the school year better. Right. Um, we typically, we, particularly children, typically think of the summer as, okay, school's out. No rules. And I can do whatever I want. Right. And um, one of the things that's happened um, over the years since we were children, because that certainly was the case when we were in school. Yeah. Uh, summer was a time off for everybody. Um, what's happened, however, is that summers are shorter now. Right. Than they were. Um, I saw. Uh, Especially this summer. Right. Right. I saw a person this uh, recently, and uh, when you when you look and calculate the time, you're actually looking at about nine weeks. Right. Not 12 anymore, or right. more, but now it's about nine weeks. Right. Well, for a time it was 12. Right. Then it kind of cut down right. to 10. Right. I think this summer there's only like seven or eight. Right. It's very short. Yeah. Okay? And, and the other thing that happened is that uh, there was research done back in the 80s and 90s that showed that reading gains um, slide. Right. Okay. And so parents uh, were encouraged. Edu- educators began to encourage parents to keep their children reading through the summer because... You can lose or gain two or three months over right. the course of a summer. So uh, we encourage kids to read. And that got us thinking about non-cognitive skills, the kind of right. stuff that Paul Tuff and others um, talk about. Um, what are the other skills that we might um, develop over the summer which will make the school year better? Right. Okay? And um, so last week we talked about three things that parents can do. We talked about nutrition, right. sleep, and exercise. Right. That you could begin to establish those routines um, in the summer, right? Okay? And um, so, as I was leafing through some journals this week, I came up with, uh, ran into a little article, and the title of it was "Fight Nice," mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was an excerpt by uh, some work by uh, Ryan Martin, who's at the university. He's an anger researcher at the University of Wisconsin in Green Bay, and I thought, uh, as as I read it, I was thinking, well, this this it's really written for um, adults who get into arguments. But then I thought, you know, this is something we do with our children all the time, too. We right. get into these, these horrible arguments with our kids during the school year. So we right. argue about homework, or we argue about projects, or we argue about schedules, or routines, or curfews. But there's so much pressure in the school year that everybody is already uh, sort of aroused. Right. Because, well, the summertime, you take all that arousal away. Yeah. And it really is an ideal time to work on these other things while your house is calmer during those weeks of the summer recess. You know, when you mentioned this this topic, it, it was so uh, perfect because I was just talking with a family over the last couple of days 
uh, about this exact issue that that the parents and their middle school kid. Yeah. Uh, Particularly middle. Well, you could do a whole podcast mm-hmm. series on right. middle school issues, but uh, the the battles that they're having with their their middle schooler, and and they're asking about, you know, do we need to think about medication? Do we need to think about this? And you know, as we were talking, we about just the stress that comes with school, mm-hmm. uh, and especially some things going on at his school. The, the stress that kids experience at school puts them on edge. Right. And then when they're put on edge, it's going to put you on edge, you as the mm-hmm. parent, uh, right. because you're, you're already on edge from work and, and other mm-hmm. things. And, you know, then you have the whole issue of teachers contacting you, telling you that your kid is acting out and making bad, bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have all of these escalating factors that you need, really need some particular right. skills to, to be able to manage that, to navigate that. That's right. You mentioned skills. Um, and you mentioned medication. You know, should the parents ask, you know, yeah. does my child need to be on medication? And um, our, our philosophy, as it, as it evolves, is um, before we reach for medication, let's make sure that the child possesses, the child or the parent, possesses all the skills that they need to um, to make this happen. Um, my child is not doing homework. Well, does she have the skills to do it? Does she right. have the schedule, the skills, the time? Um, let's not just throw medication at right. it and hope it works. Let's, let's take a very careful, thorough look um, at the child and at the situation to make sure that the child has the skills and the circumstances to do her homework. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I talked to uh, parents about is they they are so frustrated in and even this this particular family you know they what is their first question um, what can I do to punish him right. so that he will stop arguing with me and he will do what he needs to do and so I, I think some important things for parents to think of and we're going to get into a, a bunch of different right. things but some important things for parents to to consider is as it relates to skills is does he how consistent is he with his performance right. of those behaviors? Because if a kid can do it every time, well, certainly he has the skill and it's mastered and he's able to do it. If he can't do it at all, mm-hmm. then he probably doesn't have the skill. And, you know, and unless he can do it, you know, if he can't do it at all or can only do it when somebody's there monitoring him or coaching him or using that scaffolding uh, that we've talked about in previous podcasts, you know, using that kind of strategy to... Um, to help build the skill. But if he does it sometimes and doesn't do it other times, my first question is, why? What's going on? You know, I, I refuse, and maybe it's just because I'm getting stubborn in, in my old age. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Oh, I turned it back around on me that time. <laughs> um, but I, I refuse to believe that kids misbehave intentionally. I mean, there, there are those, some kids who do that. Mm-hmm. But um, those kids have other issues. The vast majority of kids, kids don't want to misbehave. They don't want to upset their parents. They don't right. want to um, push their teachers to the brink of um, homicide. Yeah, we, we, we always say, you know, no child gets up in the morning and, and lies in bed and thinks, okay, how can I make the world angry today? Right. You know, they, they just, they don't do that. They get up and say, how can I have fun today? Right. Uh, what can I do to, to, to have fun? Not thinking that you're having fun might make somebody else angry. But right. they don't get up with the intention of making you angry. Right. Despite how it feels. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of behaviors and, and attitudes right. and things like that that I really encourage parents just just leave that alone. Who yeah. you know don't don't get drawn into that. Um, you can probably predict mm-hmm. when your child is going to be more compliant or less compliant. Right. Choose your battles wisely. Right. And, you know, again, we're going to kind of go through some right. things, but uh, th- that's just sort of setting the stage for where we're going right. to go. But but we do, and we're all go- I am guilty of this. I don't know whether anybody else is or not. I'm I, not. I am, <laughs> I am guilty of this. When my children really start to rub me in in a, in a bad direction and, and, and I start to chafe, um, my first thought is, what can I give her or what can I take away that will get her to do what I want her to do? That's just a sort of a reflex that we mm-hmm. all have, okay? So I'm as guilty of that as everybody else. So I have to stop and say, wait a minute, don't punish. Let, let's not think in terms of reward and punish. Let's think right. in terms of... What what's what what skills does my child need? What skills does she need? And what are the circumstances that will um, create? What what are the circumstances that she needs to do what I want her to do? Right. Okay. And so so that's always step one. So it is a matter of learning new skills, of parents learning new skills, and of us teaching these skills to our children. Right. Okay? So don't 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 always reach for reward and punish. Let's let's um, take it take another step. Do it differently. So yeah. last week, and, yeah, and, and because I think that, and, and hopefully this is something that that parents will will gain from this, and parents and teachers will gain from this, is that when you understand better, understand why the behaviors occur, right? Your entire perspective of what's happening changes mm-hmm. because when we assume that kids are doing these things just to. To tick us off, I almost said piss us off. Um, I, I will have to put a little e on our, <laughs> on our thing, right. just to just to push us and, yeah. and 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 make us upset. If if we believe that our kids are doing it, of course we're going to respond right with with frustration yeah. and hostility and all that kind of stuff. If it feels personal, right, we're going to respond in a personal there and usually angry way. And taking it personal is a choice that we make. Exactly, that's a choice that we exactly. make, and and so we have to adjust that. Right, right. And so that's what we talked about last week, that we want to use the summer to, um, to establish routines for exercise, sleep, and eating. Okay, so, so we can use these calmer summer months, even when we're on vacation, we can use these calmer summer right. months to establish these routines in these three areas. Well, there's another area that um, I believe... The three areas you were talking about were the diet, nutrition, or nutrition, exercise, and sleep. Right. Yeah, the ones right. we talked about last week. Yeah, right. to establish those three routines. Those are so important. To use the summer to establish those. I was I was talking to I had a high school student recently, and as many high school students do, he's not ready to go to bed until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, I'm just not tired until right. about 1 or 2 in the morning. But he has to get up at 6 or 6.30. So mm-hmm. he's losing about three to four hours of sleep, of sleep every right. night. And that sleep deprivation accumulates. So by th- he didn't even want to go to school on Friday because he's so exhausted. You know, you, you have to wonder. Okay, so this is just us talking right here. Okay. Um, nobody else. Excuse I us wonder, for a moment. Just, yeah, pardon us for a moment. I wonder if, um, and this is how things happen here in the office. Is we'll go off on these tangents and just talk. I wonder if it's beneficial then, you know, so, so many teenagers come home from school in the afternoon and want to take a nap. They want a nap. I wonder if it would be beneficial for them to, to take an hour, hour and a half nap then 
Because it's really that probably isn't going to affect them all that much by the time twelve o'clock rolls around. But then again, they, at least they get that extra sleep. Right, because they catch up the on weekends. Yeah, I need to see what the research says yeah. about that. Yeah, because they use that's why they sleep in on weekends because they're catching yeah. up. But it's not an efficient. It's still not a good way to sleep. Right, you deprive yourself all week and then catch up on weekends. Right, because they 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 stay up so late because not because they don't get tired, but it's because they get an extra burst of. Um, of, of chemicals, right. basically, right. you know, around 8 or 9 around, o'clock. Around 9 o'clock. And, yeah, and, and that's what, what keeps them awake. And so if they if they have that rest, eh, I'll have to see what the research says. Yeah, we'll says. have to look at that. Uh, because parents will often ask, well, yeah. should I, you know, she comes home exhausted and she takes a nap. Well, then she's not ready to go to bed at 10 o'clock because she's had a nap. Right. But if they nap at the right time, it may be enough time that by midnight or 11, they're ready to sleep again. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Um, so, okay, we're back now. So we talked about those three things, sleep, nutrition, um, and um, exercise. And exercise. <clears throat> well, another one, another skill that we can work on in the summer that would be very helpful when the school year begins is um, fighting. The, the, uh, the article was Fight Nice, N-I-C-E. Right. Um, it should be Fight Nicely, but that's a, um, that's a usage problem. We'll, that we we'll title this, this podcast Fight Right. Fight like fight night. Yeah, like fight night, but we'll fight, fight right. Fight right. Yeah. Well, that's what we want you to do. We want you to fight right. If you're going to argue with your kid, there's a way to do this. Okay, um, and and as I said earlier, this is this is from a researcher in Wisconsin by the name of Ryan Martin, and he gives us uh, four pieces of advice which I think are very useful, and that we can do with our children. Yeah. Again, it doesn't cost anything. No side effects. Um, and and it's easy to do, and we can implement these in the summer. Okay. So there's four things. He advises us to do. The first one is to accuse carefully. A-C-C-U-S-E, accuse carefully. When we argue with our spouses, you know, when adults argue with a spouse or a close friend or a sibling, um, but especially with a spouse, when we argue with people we care about, we frequently accuse them right. of, of doing something. Mm-hmm. Okay, We accuse them, and we talked about this earlier, that it's a personal attack. Uh-huh. You know, you, you're stupid. You're the, and we get into name-calling. You know, you're insensitive. You're inconsiderate. Okay, So we accuse them of doing something. What we should do, in, and we do this with children. Yeah. You're lazy. Yeah. You don't care. Yeah. You, you know, we, we say these things to our children. Um, in our calmer moments, we would never do that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but instead of making it a personal attack, we should talk about a specific thing that they are doing or right. a specific thing that they are saying. Right. Okay. So rather than attacking the individual, um, g- let's discuss the behavior. When you depersonal, when you take away the personal aspect of this, um, it becomes a much different kind of discussion. Right. You know, th- I, I think that a piece of this, and, and this is this parents is, is where this ties in. You know, a lot of times when arguments begin when parents will ask their child to do something. Right. Uh, let me rephrase that. When parents tell their kid to do something. Right. Uh, that's when arguments will begin because the parent will say, um, hey, go, you know, put your shoes, you know, go put your shoes away. Mm-hmm. And the kid will say in a minute or um, let me finish this first or I'll do right. it. And that begins an argument. Mm-hmm. And. I think that what parents have, and it kind of goes with this accusatory, that is, you're just being defiant. Right. But from the kid's perspective, what the parent is sort of saying is, is that what I want you to do 
is far more important than anything that you're doing right now. Right, right. So you need to stop this unimportant thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. and go put your shoes in the closet because that is the most important thing right now. And and we get into these, and it's related because that's that, that accusatory tone mm-hmm. is how kids take it. That's right. You know, they, they say, I just... They go on the defensive. Why can't... Why isn't my stuff important? Right, right. You know, sure, it's a video game, mm-hmm. or sure, mm-hmm. it's a TV program, but why is it so important that the shoes get put up right this second? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have to interrupt this? Because later on, Mom, I will ask you something, and you'll say... Just go in the other room and ask me later because I'm watching, you know, let me finish my program. Okay. I will in a minute. Right. I'll do it later. Right. We do do exactly. We do the same thing. They are simply mirroring us. They are simply doing what we do. Okay. Exactly. So, but when you, when you go on the attack, when you start to attack somebody personally, that person is going to become defensive. And in biology, we call that defensive aggression. Right. And they're going to get more highly aroused. When you become defensively aggressive, you become more aroused, you become highly agitated, and then the problems begin. Right. So, so don't begin by accusing somebody of something, okay? In my house, it's the dinner dishes, okay? Right. And so I'll ask my daughter, say, honey, could you get the dishes done? And she'll say, well, I'm going to take a shower first, or I'm going to do this, or give me a minute, or I'll do them. And I'll say, no, I'd like to do them now. And she'll say, look, dad, they're going to get, I'll do them before I go to bed, okay? So, um, so I don't want to start accusing her. I just want the dishes to be done. Right. Okay. And so I have to focus on the dishes, not on her being disobedient or defiant or anything else. Right. So step one is accuse carefully. Right. Okay. Don't make it personal. Step two is an easy one. Turn down the volume. Yeah. Okay. When you start to raise your voice, the other person is going to match your volume. Right. It's just something that we do. Yeah. Um, I ran a school for five years back in the uh, in another century. And, um, and That's we funny because ha- it's literally another century because it was in 19-something and we're in the... In the microphone's on, so I'm not going to say what I'm <laughs> thinking. Um, and we had a teacher. She was a fourth-grade teacher. And we had a third-grade teacher who had a sort of... Uh, she, she had some bigger boundaries, and so the kids would be a lot louder and moving yeah. and everything. And we had this fourth grade teacher who had this very soft voice. And it was the same group the next year. So the third graders who were wild would go into the fourth grade, and they'd be very quiet. Right. Because they matched her voice. So one teacher was loud and, you know, boisterous and effusive mm-hmm. and bullion, and so the kids matched her. Right. And the other teacher was quiet and calm, and you'd walk by her class, and there'd be, the kids would just be whispering and talking yeah. to each other. And I, and I think it was just they matched her voice. Right. Okay. So you raise your voice, your child's going to raise his voice. All right. right. So the, the, second, um, the second thing we, want you, we ask you to do is keep the volume. If you want your child's volume to be low, your volume has to be low. Right. And, and you need to put some check in place for this mm-hmm. because a lot of times, a lot of parents that we talk to, they don't know that they're raising their voice. Mm-hmm. They get going and they don't recognize how loud they're getting, how accusatory right. they're becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're in, cause in the moment, it, it's, it is a personal, I asked you to do something, you're not doing it, right. or, or I asked you not to do something and you continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 
when we take it personal like that, that volume increases. And right. sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it. And how many times have your kids said, well, Dad, you don't have to yell. And, right. And you want to start screaming and say, I'm not, I can start to yell if you want me to. Right. But I'm not yelling right. And you are. Yeah. You are. Your, your volume is increasing. Your tone is changing. And your rate of speech is increasing. Right. And you're not aware of it. Right. Okay. And you're absolutely right. And so... Be very, very careful that you keep the volume down because as soon as your volume goes up, everything changes right. and they're going to go with you and then you're going to get a little higher and they're going to get a little higher and this thing will escalate and pretty soon it will get out of control. Yeah. One way, one check to have in there is, is what you just said. If the, if the kid says, you don't have to yell at me, take that as, don't be defensive. Right. Take that as an indication. Don't that accuse. You're, that you're, right. Don't accuse. Right. Take that as an indication that you may be getting too loud. Another thing you can do is um, if you hear your child getting loud, mm -hmm. recognize that he yeah. may be matching your voice, mm -hmm. matching your volume. That's right. And, and the third thing is, is that sometimes it's really good to employ your significant other. If you, if you have a spouse in the house or if you have somebody else in the house that can sort of monitor and say, hey, honey. You're kind of getting loud. Mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of increasing the temperature a little bit. Can you, you know, right. just be mindful? Right. Um, but but we you, there there are these subtle cues that we can use to make sure that we sort of stay within the bounds of normality as best yeah. we can. I mean, imagine how nice it would be for a child to say to a parent, "Mom, you don't have to yell," and instead, or my kids say it to me, "Dad, you don't have to yell." And instead of me saying, "I'm not yelling," just to say. I'm sorry, I didn't mean, was I getting too loud? Yeah. And the, and the kid's able to say, yeah, you're kind of screaming. I said, well, no, I don't mean to scream. I just want to talk to you about this one thing. Yeah. Okay. What a nice thing to give to a kid. You know, and, and, and I do something similar, but I, I'll tell my kids, I said, you know, you know, I, I, my voice probably is getting louder. I, mm -hmm. I said, I'm feeling frustrated. Right. Because I feel like I'm trying to say something to mm -hmm. you and, and it's frustrating because I, I don't feel like I'm, Right. That you're understanding what I'm saying. That's right. And, and so it's making me frustrated. So I don't mean f for that to happen. Right. And those are I statements. We, right. In education, we call those I statements. Well, I'm, you know, in other words, you're not blaming them, but you, you, you use an I statement right. to say, well, I'm really frustrated right now. That I'm really upset about this. Right. Okay? Not you're making me angry right. or, or you, but rather I'm getting upset. So, so go to an I statement. Instead. Right. And, and, and it's also great modeling mm -hmm. because you're letting your child know, okay, I feel frustrated too. Right. And when I feel frustrated, I know that sometimes I get, but when somebody tells me that I'm getting loud or that right. I'm getting frustrated, then I'm responding appropriately mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm managing it the way that I should. You know, in the book that we just published, there's a little section in there about kids saying no when they get to age two or three yeah. and they start to say no. And why is it that kids say no in that nasty voice? You know, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. They get right. loud and their tone changes. <laughs> why is that? Well, that's because what they that, that's what we do. Right. When when we say no as a parent, it's usually with some emotion behind it. Right. You know, they're running over to the toilet and sticking their arms. No, don't do. We yell and we raise our voice and we become pet. So they learn to use the word no in that more highly aroused state. So when they say it, right. they say it in that more highly aroused state. It's not that they don't like us. Right. It's what, what we taught them. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So Modeling is so important. I mean, right. The, the, so we want to turn down the volume. We, right. we have to keep the volume. If we don't want this thing to escalate and get out of control, 
It's our obligation to keep the volume low. And we can, we can, that's why it's a learning process. We have to learn how to do this because the default setting for most parents is they're going to get angry because they want to be in charge. So practice this during the summer. Keep the volume down. The third, the third step, and I think this will work with kids. It, it, it's easier to do with adults, but I think it will also work with children. Um, Martin calls it uh, this step, the third step, hold up a mirror. And what he means by that is um, he will um, say to the other person, you know, the other person accuses you of something. And, and you say, well, it, does that sound fair to you? And so you're sort of asking the other person to think about what they're doing. Right. Okay. That does two things. It gives the other person an opportunity to think about what they're saying or what they're doing or not doing. But it also gives you time to collect your thoughts. While they're talking and while they're thinking about your question, it gives you a chance to organize your thoughts. Because you know what happens during an argument. You don't think as well. Right. Blood gets shunted from your brain and gets stupid. Um, And so this gives you a chance to sort of collect your thoughts while they're collecting theirs. So so step three is when your child, if your child begins to attack or becomes highly defensive, you can just say, well, is that really a fair statement? Or am I really doing that? Or is that that the best way to look at this thing? Let them think about this and reformulate what they're saying. Because you know what happens in an argument even if your point is stupid, you're mm-hmm. still going to pursue it. Right. Okay. I mean, right. I mean, I have, we've all done that, you know, I mean, it was some, some of the most ridiculous fights we've ever had. Um, I, you just want to argue your point and win. Absolutely. And, and, you know, let's, I, I think part of what we're saying here is that um, as the parent, you're not always right. And, and, and sometimes it's important to step back and look at it Look at it from the kid's perspective right. and, and see, you know, make sure that he's or she is understanding it from your perspective. Right. Because, you know, am I coming across as controlling? Mm-hmm. As I'm, Am I coming mm-hmm. across as unreasonable? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I'm coming across that way, then that's going to elicit a particular behavior from my kid. Right. Right. And then I'm going to get upset about that particular behavior from my kid. And, but yet I'm the one that's eliciting it. But we're doing it. Right. Yeah. That's right. And, and part of that, go, again, you know, so many of these things overlap because that goes back to the accusatory tone. Right. That it goes back to the idea that you're wrong, I'm right. Mm-hmm. And I'm the parent, so we're going to do it my way. Exactly. You know? and, and what I have to say is much more important mm-hmm. than anything that mm-hmm. you feel or think or believe. Right. So... Looking at that mirror and saying, okay, you know, am I being unreasonable? Mm-hmm. You know, go put your shoes away now. Right. Well, I, I, I'll do it in a minute. No, you're going to do it now. Right. Okay. Right. Is that unreasonable? Or can you just say, okay, when you finish that, you know, I just want right. your shoes in your room before you come, come to dinner. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have it in his room by dinner, then you, before he sits down at the table, you take a peek in there and you say, hey, your shoes aren't put up yet. Can you go, before you sit down, go put your shoes away. Uh, like I asked you, like you said you would. Um, no fights, no arguments, mm-hmm. but the task is done. That's right. You know, that's right. am I being reasonable? That's, that's, that's a great question to ask yourself. It's the task, not the person. Exactly. That we want to get done. Um, but also we want to pause here because with all four of these things, if your child generally does what he or she is asked to do, um, don't fuss over it if it if it just happens once in a while that they ask you to wait. 
if they don't ever listen to you, you have another problem. Right. Okay. So, I mean, if, if this is a chronic problem that every time, every time you ask your child to do something, you get stonewalled or you, or, or they say, well, I'll do it later, knowing full well that they have no intention of doing it, then that's a different issue altogether. And, right. And that's, that's a talk for a different day. Yeah. Okay? Because we're talking about kids who typically do what we want them to do. Don't exactly. go on the attack if they do it once in a while. Exactly. You know, and, and that's, that's the, that, that's such an important point because we assume that, or, or we tend to overgeneralize mm-hmm. so that when, when a child misbehaves, we say, there he is again, right. did it again. Right. Well, yeah, but the last time we did it was like two weeks ago. Exactly. It's, 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 right. it's really not that it's big not of a deal. It's not a chronic problem. So don't, don't make it um, a chronic problem. Don't don't accuse because what we do then is we accuse the child of being lazy or disobedient or yeah. defiant. And again, we we head down that path. And it's ne- unnecessary, right? I mean, it's it's and it's not going to lead anywhere good at all. Right. So number one, don't accuse. Number two, turn down the volume. Number three, hold up a mirror. And the last one is don't marinate. <laughs> and, um, oh, for those yeah. of you who watch the Food Channel, um, don't dwell on the anger right all right um and and we do that we we get we get stuck on uh, i've told her a thousand times and you just dwell and you ruminate and you keep grinding away at this and the more you think about it the more you maintain your anger and usually your anger increases right okay so the last step is don't marinate let it go Deal with the situation and then let it go. Don't hang on to the anger. Right. Okay. In, in our in our parenting book, um, we're we're revising. We're in the process of revising sections two and three. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, one of the thing one of the things we talk about in section three called love right. is we use the the Bible verse. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Right. That's right. And, and one of the things is it, love keeps no records of wrong. That's that's exactly the point. And, and we, we tend to hold on to these things. And right. like I said a minute ago, how many times do I have to tell you? Right. Well, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because you're having to tell him now. Right. And, mm-hmm. and again, if I'm telling you 50 times to do the same thing, right. is it because you're being defiant or is it because you're not really sure what I really want you to do? Right. That's right. And, and, and we assume... The first, we assume mm-hmm. that they're doing it intentionally, that they're just avoiding, and sometimes they are. You right. know, let's let's be honest. We 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 imagine a, a kid's life as being easy, right? But school isn't easy. You know, being there for eight mm-hmm. hours a day, um, and the things that they they go through. My right. my son, for example, didn't want to didn't go to soccer practice last night. Mm-hmm. Um, because he just came home from school and he was exhausted, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and and that's fine. He uh, he stayed home. I went to practice. He stayed home, but you know, you just are the, the kids are put through a lot, right? Physically, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. and to assume that you know they just went to school. And you know, this is another another example of. Uh, he, he doesn't miss soccer practice. Right. Okay. So it's not a chronic problem. Right. Now, if he never wants to go, got a different problem. But generally he goes. Right. So yeah. give the kid a day off if he needs it. Yeah. Okay. Give the kid a day off school if he needs it. Right. You know, there's some times when you just have to stay home. Okay. Right. You're not sick. You just need a mental health day. Right. Because Take a mental health day. The, the reality is, is you can make him go, 
but then right. we're going to fight because he's not going to That's perform. Right. He's not going to play the way that he should play. or right. um, And he's going to be upset with himself because he didn't play. And he's going to be upset with me for making him go. Right. And I'm going to be upset with him because mm-hmm. he didn't want to go and because he's not doing right. what doing the work that he needs to do. That's right. So in this last step, what we want to do, is because remember, um, once again, we're talking about getting a job done or having the child do something we want her to do or not do something that she's doing. Um, so eventually, we're going to have to reach a resolution. Right. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to resolve this thing. Right. And we can't get we can't divorce our children. Right. Okay. Well, I think that the before we get to that point, I think that the only other specific thing that I would add mm-hmm. is what we, we kind of alluded to it in in each of the different areas. The only other specific thing I would add is don't take it personal. Right. We we okay. tend to take it personal. You know. Mm-hmm. When we accuse, it's because we're taking it That's personal. Right. Mm-hmm. When we um, when Get we start angry. getting mm-hmm. angry and raising our voice, we're taking it personal. Right. When we assume that we're right and they're wrong, we're That's taking right. it personal. So, don't don't take it personal. The right. you know your kid is. That's your right. kid's taking it personal. And so when they're taking it personal and you're taking it personal, what that's doing is that's creating a situation where now lines are drawn. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, team parent and team kid. That's right. And it's not going to end well. But that's why kids will say, oh, my mom hates me. Right. That's why they get to that point. My right. mom hates me. No, she doesn't. And that's why we don't ever want to put our kids in that position. Mm-hmm. I want kids to say, oh, my mom's always bugging me about picking up my clothes. Right. She doesn't hate me. She wants me to pick up my clothes. Right. Okay. So or or that, they say, nobody ever listens to me. Right. Nobody right. nobody hears me. Nobody, um, sometimes kids nobody just... Nobody cares about me. Sometimes kids just want somebody mm-hmm. to say, I understand what you're saying. Right, right. Um, and that makes sense. Or, or, or kids will say, you, you, just don't, you just don't understand what it's like. Yeah. Because we're telling them. I mean, through our messages and our body language and our volume, we're telling them, no, we don't care and we right. don't understand. Right. We, don't, we, don't, we don't want to understand. We just, so yes, don't, per, this should never be personal. Right. And if you don't attack, if you don't accuse and you keep it on uh, the behavior right. or the task, right. you know, either the task or the behavior, it becomes a much different discussion. Mm-hmm. So the last step is we don't want to hang on to negative feelings because eventually we want to resolve the problem. And we right. can't resolve the problem if we're angry. Right. We can't resolve the problem when we're aroused. We can't. We have to calm down. So the sooner you can calm down, the better. So eventually you have to let this thing cool off and then go back to it later. Okay? Right. You, you're never going to solve a problem. You might be able to impose your will on somebody when right. you're angry, mm-hmm. but you're not going to solve the problem. And what, what you want to do is solve the problem. You want to teach your children how to solve the problem, right. not just to be obedient not right. just or to be afraid of punishment. You don't want them to do it because they're afraid of being punished. You, you want them to do it because you're working on this thing together. This is how we solve problems together. Right. You know, it, there, there was an article that I read from the, um, from the Daily Mail uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. And, um, and it, it was talking about, there was some, an expert, um, I think she was an expert actually though in occupational therapy or something like that, and, um, from England, and was saying that um, one of the problems is that kids... One of the problems that kids have now, one of the reasons why they're not doing, many kids don't do as well in school now is because, one of the reasons is because they don't hear no enough. Right. And, and I, think that, I think that that comes from, I think that those are nice sound bites, but mm-hmm. I, I think it really relates to what we're talking about here because no, again, means that I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and what 
it's not that they don't hear no enough. It's that they don't experience natural natu- natural natural woo, consequences, natural consequences exactly. enough. Mm-hmm. We 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 cope things. We we cover things up. We account for things mm-hmm. much more than we should. And and that I think is what is really causing the problem. So parent, you know, parents feel like, well, I have to stand my ground because if I don't stand my ground, I'm making it too easy for them. And if I'm making it too easy for them, then they're going to, you know, um, not go to college and be failures and be homeless or live in my basement the rest of their life. And th- those th- those are not the dots to connect. The dots to connect are when you can teach your kid how to handle these kinds of situations. Right. When you and then you teach them how to handle frustration, how to handle disappointment, how to handle failure. Mm-hmm. When we teach them those skills, right. that's going to be the resilience that they need right. to overcome any challenges or anything that comes before them later on. Yeah, what I want It's not what, no. What I always wanted my children to be able to do if they disagreed with me or if they wanted to pursue a point or, or do something that I didn't want them to do. I wanted them to learn how to have those discussions right. with me. So, because then they can learn how to have them with employees or employers or spouses or right. their own children. So that's the, that's what I want to teach them is um, not that I'm the, I don't, I don't even want to teach my kid because I'm the parent and I said so. That really doesn't do anything for didn't teach the child anything right okay so there are some there are much better ways to do this and I think learning how to argue um, without getting personal without right. getting angry is really an important skill that we should be teaching our children yeah and I think the summer is a good time to do that so this summer when you're discussing those things whether it's bedtime or curfew or they're out doing things that you don't want them to do remember these four things number one don't accuse number two um, turn down the volume. Number three, um, hold up a mirror. Yeah. You know, ask, ask. You know, let them let them consider what they're saying. And the last one is, don't marinate. Don't marinate. Don't hold on to the anger. Don't right. hold on to the negative stuff because eventually you're going to have to get to some sort of resolution. You can't do that when you're angry. So you have to de-escalate and get to resolution. You can't ask your child to de-escalate. That's the adult's job. Right. Okay, so don't ask them to do what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. So so the subtlety behind this is that this isn't necessarily um, a summer program for <laughs> your kid. This is a summer program for you as it's, the parent. It's really, I'm learning the skill. Right. I'm learning how to do this better. Because again, I can't ask my child, you know, it comes under the heading of we can't ask others to change. We can change. Right. So we're at, yes, we are asking parents to change how they argue. And, and the result will be that their children will model right. what you're teaching them. And, and, right. and when you're asking yourself, okay, why is this, why are we talking about this in an education podcast? Right. Well, because the nature of school today, that's right. what's, everything that's going on in school today, mm-hmm. there's a lot of arguments happening in that's homes. Right. Look at homework. You look know, at, look right. at the battles that families have over homework. So, so we are in a situation now where, yes, there, there are, there are right. lots of arguments, there are lots of fights, there are lots mm-hmm. of um, strongly worded discussions that are happening right. in homes today right. because of homework, because of schoolwork, right. because of what teachers... Mm-hmm. You know, teachers, um, we love teachers, but mm-hmm. there are teachers who make uh, bad decisions. Right. Um, you know, teachers who give zeros on papers right. or on assignments when they, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the case, when right. they shouldn't do that. And the teachers 
you know, say, nope, that's the expectation. That's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And we can argue with our kid about that stuff. Mm -hmm. We can get frustrated with them. Or we can learn how to better communicate with them so that, again, they meet their expectations. That's right. Uh, They meet our expectations. They meet the teacher's expectations. Mm -hmm. And and we can sort of keep everything steady. But we need to do that. We need to build those skills over the summer where we don't have that additional external pressure of school and those kinds of expectations. Learning how to negotiate with your children is infinitely easier in the summer than it is when you have a homework assignment due the next day. Okay, Because you take away that and Mm -hmm. it makes this much, much easier. This is just infinitely easier to do in the summer than it is during the school year because you don't have those uh, dated assignments. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't have that. So use that, the summer. Use the summer wisely. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that additional pressure right. uh, out right. there. So. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so work on, you know, let us know how it goes. Right. Uh, there, it's, it's, it sounds straightforward, mm-hmm. um, but, but recognize that it, it's not easy. Right. It, it's not... It's not going to be something where you just say, oh, that's what I'm going to do from now on. No. And, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're no. doing it. It takes, it takes a while to learn how to do this because there's always that passion. There's always that emotion um, tied in with um, debating, discussing, arguing, whatever word you want to use, with your children. Okay? Right. So, yeah, there's, 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 a lot of, um, there's a lot of emotion tied in with this one. So be yeah. careful. Don't be in a hurry. But um, learn how to do this. It's, it would be a wonderful thing to pass on to your children to, to teach them um, how to argue, how to, how to negotiate, and how to, re- how to solve their problems. Uh, yeah, uh, conflict resolution. Right. I mean, right. I mean you know, the, um, we, just, we just have to get over the, mm-hmm. the idea that, um, that it's personal and that, right. you know. Right. And um, don't accuse I had to teach him a lesson. Yeah. Uh, Mel Levine, one of, one of, one of the people we, we have a great deal of respect for, Mel Levine wrote a book called The Myth of Laziness. And it took on that whole thing about kids aren't lazy. You know, they they may not be motivated to do what we want them to do. Right. But they're not lazy. They just don't want to do what we want them to do. So um, we, d- don't accuse your kids of being lazy or defiant or disobedient. There's there's always something else at work. Right. So, right. Right. So, okay. All right. Well, with that, you know, if you have any questions, comments, you yeah. know, if you'd like to share your experiences with us about that, you know, write to us. You can write to us on Facebook or uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At Dr. Bernie is the is the handle. Right. Uh, Paidea, P-A-E-D-E-I-A is the is the name on um, Facebook. You can um, also at our blog at uh, thementalbreakdown.com. Right. We have some forums up now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 relatively new, so I don't even know that they've really been used yet. But we have a parenting forum there. So if you have any questions or any thoughts that you'd like to to put in there, um, you know yeah, we, we hope really that that like will grow. There. It, uh, it really helps us to hear from you. So please don't feel like you're imposing or impinging. Uh, we would really love to hear from you. It helps us clarify our own thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, also it helps, of course, when you write reviews and, and, and right. rate us on, on iTunes. Um, I don't know if Google Play Music has I don't know. Um, ratings and reviews and stuff like that. I mean, I would, I would assume they do, but who knows? Because uh, we're, we're, we're new to Google Play Music just for the last couple of weeks. So um, check us out there. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, a couple of other announcements. Our parenting book is out. We mentioned it a little bit ago. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a Kindle ebook, and it is uh, $4.99. Mm-hmm. And it's also on Nook. That's right. So it's on Kindle ebook, but it's also on Nook. And 
what it covers is the first section mm -hmm. uh, of the original text uh, revision of the original book that we published in 2012 um, and it's on behavior management and what we what we cover there is sort of the the basis of um, behavioral uh, management of, of, of kids from birth all the way through adolescence uh, there's four chapters and each chapter is a developmental period and um, you know it, it's it's helpful we use it a lot in our in our practice the, mm -hmm. the principles that we teach there we use them a lot in our practice and when you get the book there's a, a URL included that will get you to a lot of other resources and activities and uh, supplemental materials that uh, will add to it and um, give you some additional information and worksheets and things like that um, and that's that that resource is going to continue to grow and so uh, you'll, you'll be able to get more and more there. And that's, so, a, that's a book that contains this um, approach of teach, don't punish. Right. So that's where you see and, and can apply across developmental stages that you want to teach your children rather than punish your children exactly. to get them to do what you want them to do. Exactly. Um, also, kind of going with what we, were, we talked about last week and, and earlier today is our uh, Elimination Diet Manual right. is available also as on Kindle and as a, a Nook. Um, Speaking of things you can do over the summer. Yeah, that's a, that's a great program. Uh, I've been talking with patients, more and more families about it. You know, it's a great way to, to look to see and, and evaluate what foods are doing to your body. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, goes, it, it helps you eliminate the seven primary uh, food categories or food substances. The that, seven culprits. Um, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the seven usual suspects right. that uh, cause food insensitivity create food insensitivities right. and inflammation. Um, and I tell you, I've, I've been reading and, and studying more and more into this, yeah. into this area, and it's, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have a little bit of inflammation in your body, meaning some type of irritability, some type of, you know, when you have a strain in your knee even um, that causes some swelling or some inflammation, um, that affects your neurochemistry right so when you there's foods that we eat that create some inflammation and you know that time those times when your stomach just doesn't feel quite right because mm -hmm. you know you ate something not sure maybe right. you're not even sure what it was but it was so good you're going to eat it again um that kind that kind of um sensitivity can have a cascade of events that um that affect your neurochemistry and your mood and behavior and right. uh, thoughts and emotions and everything. So the elimination diet really helps you. And it's 99 cents on uh, Kindle or Nook. So, so check that out. Yep. Um, we're almost done also with the, with the Udemy course. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be posting some more videos uh, this weekend. And, uh, but we're getting chugging right along with that. Right. Uh, the videos take a little bit longer than writing a chapter in a book. Right. So, um, but but that's coming along and that's gonna be parenting your ADHD child. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really looking forward to getting that out so people can, can use that. Uh, it'll be a great resource, I think, so. Anything else? No. All no. right. As, um, who was that character? Never mind. It can wait. Can wait till next time. You see what I'm saying? That's what I have to deal with every, every day. So, <laughs> all right. So, well then, until next week, I'm Dr. Bernie. <laughs> I'm Dr. Richard. You guys have a, have a terrific weekend and uh, a good week and enjoy the last few days of school. That's right. Almost done with May. School's out for the summer.